This is episode 614 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Creating an Estate Preparedness Portfolio. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website, so you know if the site is up and the site is protected, you know your email is going to be as well. So for more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey, before we get started, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, it's like Wager in H, but there was a review, five-star review left on iTunes, and uh, I just really appreciate it. All the time I get those reviews, it means a lot. It helps other people find the podcast, and I just wanted to, uh, just a quick shout out and just read this review. I've been listening to the Prepper Website Podcast for some time now, and feel it is one of the best in this area. Todd does a great job with relaying the information with some personal stories and experiences that make it so much better. I really enjoy listening to the podcast and always get something to take away. To those unsure, just start listening. You will not be disappointed. All right, so uh, again, Wager NH, thanks so much for leaving that comment. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, It means a whole lot to me. Hey, before we jump into our article of the podcast, I just want to quickly touch on what's going on in Virginia. Now, if you're not familiar with what's going on there, I think it's an important thing. It's one of the, it's a Second Amendment issue that is going on right now, and so a lot of people are talking that talking about that it is a battle that is happening in Virginia. So there's a law that is being proposed, and basically it's a lot of gun confiscation type stuff. There's no uh, talk about a grandfather clause in there. So if you have uh, you know, an older firearm that does not meet the criteria, you would have to give that up. There's no ability to keep that or, or anything like that. And so what is going on are people are rallying in the different counties and you have sheriff's departments and, and uh, people that are at the local level saying we are not going to enforce this law. So you have you know, the, the counties that are in direct opposition to the state. And you have some talk about, you know, there's been some representatives at the state level who have said things like, well, if the sheriff departments and, and people won't enforce it, well, then we'll, we can call in the National Guard. And so it's it's a kind of a crazy thing that's really happening. And if you're not aware, you need to just, you know, just kind of get familiar with it a little bit. I have an article on Prepper website. I've actually had a couple of them on there, and so you can just kind of scroll down. The The one that I am referring to right now is from planandprepared.com. So uh, James is, uh, you know, I've read his articles before on the podcast. I've interviewed him as well. But uh, his article is entitled Editorial Second Amendment Battle Hits Virginia. And so I think it's one of those things. It's one of those things that can get kind of crazy and heated very quickly. Um, there was another article that I linked to for uh, on prepper website and for whatever reason it is down i don't know why uh, at the time of this 
podcast when I'm recording the podcast on Sunday night, it is down. So I don't know if they took it down or or what, but it is it, it was there and it was very an interesting take because it was the other side of it, um, warning those that are on the right and those that are standing up, be careful because the left can actually. I mean, there could be some things that, you know, some bad players that go in there that make it look like this is happening. And it just really goes negative for those that are, you know, want their Second Amendment rights to stay intact. But anyway, there is a link in. I'm going to go ahead and put the link to planandprepared.com, the editorial Second Amendment battle. It hits Virginia. I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes so you can easily go over there. But I think it's one of those things to just become familiar with because another another article that I was reading about uh, about the situation was saying that this could easily start to pop up in a bunch of other states as well. And everyone knows that we are in a very crazy time right now, a very divided time. And so I think you just need to be prepped and aware of what is going on out there. All right, so I'm going to have that link in the show notes for you. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from cribsteward.com. My friend Chip, uh, you know, he started this uh, website probably about three, four months ago. He's done a really great job. He's He writes some really great articles. Very interesting. And so uh, one this article that I am reading today about creating an estate preparedness portfolio is one of those that would probably make a lot of people yawn, right? It's like, that's not, that's not sexy prepper stuff there, man. We don't want to, we want to hear about bug out bags. We want to hear about the sexy stuff. The thing is, is that if you put this in place, yeah, it could be kind of boring. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in just a minute of things that we can do and, and how that it's just not a big, you know, nothing burger for you or whatever, a boring burger. I guess that's what I want to say. Uh, there is a way that, you know, if you have this and you, you have this in place and you need it, a lot of the times we have preparedness things that are that that we put in place and we might not ever need it but if you ever need this for for whatever reason then you are going to be so glad that you have it in place because it's going to mean so much so a lot of the times we talk about emergency binders and this is something very similar maybe it's an emergency binder on steroids but there's a lot of good stuff here, so I, I hope you get a lot of value. I'm going to go ahead and read the article, and on the back side, I'm going to come up with some, uh, I have some things that I'd like to share. So again, coming to us from cribsteward.com, uh, the article is entitled, Creating an Estate Preparedness Portfolio. Let's go ahead and get started. Whether you have to bug out or you're preparing for an end of life, creating an estate preparedness portfolio is a critical task that needs to be completed. It is one of the least fun things to do in preparedness, but can be one of the most satisfying and important things when documents are needed after a disaster has displaced you and your home has been destroyed. Some people would call this an emergency binder, but that seems a bit limiting in scope. To me, it is more than the things you would need in an emergency. It should also include any documentation that would be hard to reproduce if a disaster has destroyed your home. So when a disaster happens and you have to bug out, you will not have time to gather important documents and or other information about your estate and family. By working on this task now, you not only will feel satisfied that you have this information together, but you will be relieved if a time comes and you need it. When you pass away, your family will be grieving and the last thing they need is to have to search for important documents that are needed in dealing with your estate. Your family will be very grateful that you took the time to get your documentation together. 
When you take a look at the list of documents below in the checklist, can you imagine the work, time, and cost it would take to get new copies, even if you could? If you have some of the information below, but don't have physical or digital copies stored outside your home, they will be lost if a disaster destroys your home. And if you don't have a copy of your personal property inventory outside of your home, you will struggle to come up with a list for your insurance company and will probably have to settle for a lot less money than you should. Creating an estate preparedness portfolio can save you time and money when a disaster has already caused distress and anxiety. Do not put this task off. Now you could just grab a binder with pocket folders or use an expandable folder to put all of your documents in, but it will be hard to quickly find the things you need without dumping everything out. Put some thought and effort into what you will use to organize your documents and how you will protect them. My suggestion is to get a sturdy three ring binder, index tabs, sheet protectors, and plastic organizers for miscellaneous things. Store smart has several types of organizers that fit in a three ring binder for documents, keys, USB drives, and miscellaneous things that you will need in your portfolio. And guys, there's a link here to store smart. It actually goes to, uh, to Amazon, but it is the store smart, uh, you know, binder, binder accessories within Amazon. And there were some really cool things there. And so I, I was like, man, I didn't even know some of those things existed. So anyway, there's a link there in the show, in the, in the article. All right, moving on. It helps you to have things organized and divided in your estate preparedness portfolio. So create tab dividers and label them to categorize the documents. For each section in your portfolio, create an index page for easy reference of what is in there. And purchase a fireproof and waterproof document bag that you can keep your binder in. There are several types on Amazon to choose from. You might want to consider one that has a strap that makes it easy to carry. You could store your binder in a fireproof safe, but when you are on the go, it would be very beneficial for the portfolio to be protected from fire and water. Put original documents in your portfolio along with digital copies on an encrypted USB device. Have digital copies stored on your computer's hard drive and at least three encrypted USB drives. Put one USB drive in your estate preparedness portfolio, one in a safety deposit box, and give one to a trusted family member. I'm not sure that you can have enough backup, so consider storing the digital copies on your external hard drives that can be packed with you as well as uploading your documents to a cloud storage service that is encrypted like Dropbox. Be careful that you don't include full passwords with any account information on a cloud service. Now, building your portfolio is really not hard, but it will take some time and maybe a bit of money. The following are basic steps to get you going. Number one, purchase a three ring binder and organization inserts as described above. You do not have to have all of this to get started, but do it as soon as possible. Number two, decide on how you are going to make copies of documents. You can use your printer, your scanner, or a phone app that lets you take pictures and save as a PDF. Number three, create a checklist based on the information below. Delete items that may not apply and add ones that are not on the list that you need. You can copy and paste the checklist into a Microsoft Word or a Google Doc and then print and store in your binder. Our estate planning checklist is an editable, editable PDF that serves this purpose well. It is included in our estate preparedness forms packet on our website. Number four, go through the checklist and check off things that you know you have and mark things that you need to get. 
Some of the items may require you to get new copies and other items you will need to create line to create a list of online accounts, assets, liabilities, etc. That will require some research to get the information. This content that you create can be done in a digital document or a spreadsheet or even a piece of paper. Our estate preparedness forms packet contains editable PDFs that enable you to record this information easily and save time. Number five, for each of the items, note how many copies you need to print. Number six, create a task list on your phone or computer that lays out the documents that you need to create or obtain and create a plan to get it done. Number seven, for the things you already have, collect them on your work surface to start scanning. Number eight, scan each document into a new folder onto your computer. Make sure you give it a good name. If you are using your phone, email the PDFs to yourself after you are done and then save to the new folder on your hard drive. Number nine, when you have finished scanning, review your checklist to see how many copies you need and start printing new copies. Mark completed documents on your checklist. Number 10, put the original documents into a plastic sheet protector and add to the appropriate section in your portfolio. For informational documents that you create, punch holes and add to the portfolio. Now, even though, number 11, even though you may not have all of the documents needed, go ahead and copy the digital copies to your hard drive and the USB drives. Put one of the USB drives in your car in a locked compartment so that you have one copy outside of your home. Number 12, as you obtain the remaining documents, repeat the steps above to add to your storage. Now, it would be best if you had the original paper documents in your portfolio for everything but you may find that it is just too much paper to be carrying around and may not fit in one three ring binder. It is up to you if you want to have multiple binders, but I suggest that you only include paper copies of the most important and relevant documents and have the rest as a digital copy on the USB drive. Some things will be easy to get new printed copies, especially if you have put a USB drive in your portfolio. Tax returns, personal property inventory, and medical history are some of the documents that will be okay to only have a digital copy. So here are some ideas of legal documents that you can include in your portfolio. Wills and trust, living will, power of attorney, and maybe your last three years of tax returns. What about some financial documents that you can include? Financial account numbers and contact information, titles and deeds to property like your home and vehicles, monthly bills and other obligations, stocks and bond information, income verification pay stubs, and liability information like loans, credit cards, photocopy of credit cards, front and back. What about health information? You can have insurance policies, photocopies of insurance cards, front and back. You can have doctors, clinics, and pharmacy contact information, emergency medical information, and current medical conditions and issues. You can have medical history, medications, and immunization records. What about some personal information? You can have your marriage, your birth and death certificates, adoption papers, social security cards, passports, photocopies of your driver's license, recent photographs of family and pets, pet microchip information, military papers, high school and college diplomas, education certificates, naturalization or citizenship documents, important contact information, spare keys to houses and vehicles, a couple of months of utility bills to help verify your residency. And then there's a miscellaneous section, like your safety deposit box info and keys, or your personal property inventory, your funeral and burial information, or receipts for paid services, 
letters of instruction for survivors, online accounts, emergency plans, and again, other photos of family members and pets. Now, if a disaster like a hurricane or tornado, fire or flood were to destroy your home and its contents, there are other documents and memorabilia that could not be recreated. After you get your estate preparedness portfolio created, think about the other things you would not want to lose and start making digital copies to store on your USB drives and a cloud service. Some things to consider are family photos, newspaper articles, church announcements, children's art, personal letters. Now, there's a lot more to consider than wills and power of attorney when you think about all the important documents that you may need after a disaster and do not want to be destroyed. Getting this documentation together is not very fun and can be tedious, but you will be so glad you did if a disaster destroys everything. All right, guys, the last couple of paragraphs there, Chip is talking about his estate preparedness forums, and he has 26 editable PDFs. And it's a very decent price. So you might want to go check that out. And uh, I know that Chip's been working on this for a very long time. And, uh, you know, it will be a big blessing to you. He's put a lot of thought into it and uh, a, a lot of good information. And again, having that editable PDF where you can add your information because, you know, people come with, with their own ideas and stuff like that. And he's done a great job of preparing all these forms, but then you get to you know, put in your own things that you need or take away the things that he's already put in there and you get to make it your own. And so I think it is a very high value purchase to, to get his editable PDFs and spreadsheets and the resources that he has available for you. So again, that's at the very bottom of his article and you can click there and go, you know, go look at these, you know, editable PDFs and see if that's something that you might need. All right, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about this. Definitely, this is not one of those things that is very sexy when we're talking about preparedness. It's easier to talk about bug out bags and firearms and, and all the other things that, you know, it's just everybody else is interested in. When you think about the, the pictures that people share on social media or you think about, you know, those types of articles, I mean, people aren't showing pictures of, hey, everyone, this is my estate portfolio, right? Or, hey, this is my emergency binder here. You know, look at this. I'm so proud of this. People just don't share those kinds of pictures. They're sharing their bug outs. They're showing or their bug out bags. They're showing their everyday carry. There's, you know, even the bread that they've made, you know, those types of things. I know that I've done that before. Um, no one's sharing out their emergency binders that they have created, but it makes so much sense. It's one of those things that is practical preparedness that, that when we talk about, you know, what we truly need, this is one of those things that is a game changer. And so you might not ever need your bug out bag. You might not ever need to, you know, uh, have filter water or, or anything like that. You may, you may never be in a situation like that. But at some point, you're going to pass away, right? At some point, maybe somebody in your family member is going, family is going to pass away. And having important things, having important documents already put in place makes it so much easier for them. And so, I, you know, what he said in the article, what Chip said, you know, someone passes away and, you, you know, a family member, you don't want their family to, to deal with all the, the trying to find the wills and trying to find what they wanted and all that kind of stuff. How great would it be for the executor to be able to have everything in one binder? And that would be so valuable and so helpful. 
But not only that, I mean, we're not just talking about if you were to die or something like that. We're also talking about if you were to have a fire or water or damage or flood and or, you know, something along those lines, you know, a hurricane or tornado that destroyed your house. You know, I, I've been through that. I know people that have gone through that and they had to go sit in government buildings and they had to wait in line to replace some of the things that they needed, like birth certificates. They needed to be able to do that. And account information had to go wait in, in a line at the bank. And they had to go you know, get this kind of stuff, maybe go get uh, another copy of their marriage license. And then there was a lot of stuff that they would never be able to replace, like high school diplomas. You, you, you know, There's some high schools that aren't even around anymore. And so if you needed a high school diploma, you were out of luck. I mean, it just, it was destroyed. Or maybe you tried to save, you know, uh, the the diploma that was, you know, waterlogged or whatever. I mean, in pictures, there were so many people that I know of that during her, the Hurricane Harvey flooding that they dealt with, you know, they, they lost all their pictures and things like that. You know, not too long ago, and I say not too long ago, I'm thinking maybe six, seven, eight years, we had fire out uh, towards the northwest of where we are right now and people lost their homes and they lost everything and we know people that lost everything because of fires and they had to go do the same thing and it really st- stuck with me at that point right there how important an emergency binder was because if you're able to if you need to move and you need to leave your home and at you know very quickly you can take your bug out bag you can do all that kind of stuff and you can grab your emergency binder and you have everything and so when you need to show proof of whatever, right, driver's license, passport, you need to be able to say, no, that is my home. Because a lot of the times they will not let people back into the area because they're trying to stop looters. So you need to be able to prove that you live there or that you live in this area that's been destroyed. And sometimes just your driver's license will work. But what if you didn't have that? What if other family members didn't have their driver's license with them at that time? And so you're able to show proof of residency. And there's just so many more reasons to do it. So let's talk a little bit about this. Just I want to give a little bit of commentary here. Do a little bit at a time because when you start thinking about this project, you can very easily start getting overwhelmed. And it's just like everything else when we start tackling a big project and, and we look at the whole, it's very easy to say, man, okay, I'm going to do that when I'm on Christmas break, or I'm going to do that when I have uh, you know, an extended weekend, or I'm going to do that. And you start putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and it never happens and you never get it done. And then when you do need it, you're just like kicking yourself. I wish I would have just done it. So just like any big project, it's smart to break it down and to chunk it into smaller pieces. So do a little bit at a time. If you're not willing to sit down for a, a whole weekend and, and knock this situation out, well, then do a little bit at a time. One day, gather all the birth certificates. Another day, gather all the passports. Another day, gather all the you know driver's license and, and go make copies. I mean, you might have a scanner at home that works. A lot of businesses, if you work for a business, you might have a scanner at your business that they will allow you to use. And you can, you know, after hours, stay five, 10 minutes and then go ahead and scan what you need, send it to your email or send it to and do whatever you need to do. Now, I know that there was, um, Chip talked a little bit about phone apps and there is an app that I do use um, and I, I don't, I haven't used it for this specifically, 
because it does have a little bit of a watermark on there, but it's called Cam Scanner, and I've talked about it before, but I use it when I do weddings because one of the things I need to do is I have to have a, uh, I guess, a copy of the, the marriage license. So a lot of the times the couple wants the marriage license right away. So I will, after I perform the ceremony and after we take the pictures and all that, I usually go inside, I sign the marriage license and I take copies or pictures of it with my app. And so it's called Cam Scanner, again, C-A-M Scanner. And you can go ahead and it's it's a free download, but you can also pay for the for the the app, the premium app. And I don't know how much that costs, uh, but it will take out the little watermark, right? It, it'll say Cam Scanner on the very bottom. And for, again, for my purposes, I don't really care. I just need a, an overall copy uh, for uh, of the marriage license. But the way that it works is you put your document down on the table as straight as possible. You lift up your phone, and you have guiding markers. You take the and, and and a level as well on this on the scanner, a scanner app. You take the picture and then you have little markers that you can bring in. So for whatever reason, if it doesn't snap to the edges of your document, then you can bring in these these edges and then you can go ahead and save it. And so he talked about saving it as a PDF and then sending it to your email. What I do is when I do a marriage license and or I'm doing a wedding, and I take my my scan of that. I send it directly to Dropbox. So that's where I keep all the marriage license. So if anybody ever needs a record of it or I, I need a record of it, I need to go look back for whatever reason, I can always go to my Dropbox and it's always there. And so you don't have to email it to yourself or you know anything like that. You can just send it directly over into Dropbox. But again, do a little bit at a time. You can start doing that even right now when you're, you know, after you hear this podcast is you can start taking scans. And one of the other thing I like about cam scanner is that you can scan multiple pages. Or for instance, if you needed to scan the front and then the back, you can do the front and then uh, you take another picture and you take the second you take the back and then you're able to combine that into one PDF and then send it. So I think that's pretty cool, pretty cool, but you can do a lot on just one scan. So there you go. Do a little bit at a time and chunk it. So you're not overwhelmed with this big project that you need to do. Another thing that I would say here is do the most important things first. So if you were to, for whatever reason, lose your house, you weren't able to go back into your home uh, for, for whatever reason, what would you want? What do you believe that you would need right away to start getting back into the groove of things, right? Do you need your birth certificates? Would you need social security cards? Would you need your passport information? You know, those types of things. Now, of course, a copy of your passport is not going to do anything, but you have the number, you know, in that passport. And so you have that available to possibly get a copy. I don't know how that works, but you can make a copy of the inside. And uh, I don't know if you're, you would be able to order another passport that easily. But anyway, you have those copies. And so what would be the most important thing that you would need? Maybe you need the shot records of all your family, you know, your kids and things like that. And you would have that if you were in the, the midst of um, 
you know, I don't know, a tornado or a hurricane. And maybe there was a lot of debris around and maybe people were, you know, stepping on boards and someone, you know, went through a board with a rusty nail. You would want to know, man, have I had a tetanus shot recently or, or, you know, can I prove that I've had a tetanus shot? And so that's one of those things. So what are the most important things that you would want to go ahead and put into uh, put it put it first, right? Get, get that knocked out first, especially if you're starting to chunk it and you're doing a little bit at a time. You know, what are the most important things? The third thing is this, send a copy to a family member. Now, I know in the article Chip talked about put one in, you know, you can do a, a USB drive and put one in a locked compartment in your car. You can put one in a safety deposit box. But I remember talking to uh uh, Dr. Prepper, one time we did an interview and he had talked to me a little bit about, you know, setting up an emergency binder. I think he might've been one of the first people that ever really talked about it, at least, you know, in, in my uh, experience. And he talked about that he, he made an emergency binder. And here's the thing. So if you're making copies and you're making one copy, it's so much easier just to say, okay, I'm going to make three copies, right? So you just make three copies of whatever it is. And so instead of just making one binder, you can make three binders if you're going to do that. Now, I know Chip talked about not having all the paper there, but I think sometimes you're going to have to weigh that information for yourself. Sometimes I think I would rather have paper copies of some of these items. Of course, there are going to be some things like your mortgage. I don't know if you've ever dealt with the mortgage and the paper and the, you know, it's like so much paper. You probably don't need all of that. There's probably a couple of pages out of there that would be very beneficial. You don't need all the other, you know, all the other pages that go along with it. So yeah, that would add to the, the weight in your, your binder, your portfolio that you're making. But I think I would want copies of some of these things, you know, the, the most important things, birth certificates and, and driver's license and socials and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And so as you're making these copies, so you make a copy for yourself and that might be original copies. You might not have all originals in there, but that might be your original that you keep with you on hand. You might want to put one in a deposit, a deposit box, a safety deposit box. But you also want to send one to a family member. And that's what Dr. Prepper was telling me is that he had one that he sent to a family member. Now, you know, it's like, hey, here, I'm sending you a box, a package, and it, it's for me. Would you please put it up in a closet that you don't normally you know, go into and just put it up there? And if I ever need it, I will come get it. And so he put it into a box that was sealed. Right. And so, you know, the family wasn't going through all his papers and all that. And again, it was a family member that he could trust. And he knew that they would put that box up in the closet and it would be there. But for whatever reason, if he wasn't able to get into his home, if he wasn't able to go to the safety deposit box, he had a family member who was not in the area because you wouldn't want a family member who was going through the same kind of weather event or situation that you were in. And so it was a family member who was in another city, another state, and, you know, he just sent it to them. So they had it. So he can always go and request that emergency binder if he really needed it. Another thing you might want to add, especially if you are doing a combination of paper and also like USB devices and sending things to the cloud and different things like that. Now, I know not everybody would agree on sending things to the cloud. But one of the things you might want to do is take your pictures that you uh, that you that you have taken over the years. It's it's kind of funny. Like at some point we stopped taking pictures with film, and then now everything is online or not online, but on in digital format. 
but there's a lot of pictures. I mean, a lot of of pictures over the years that we have taken of our kids and, and are on hard drives and things like that. And so I have some backups of backups, but at the same time, you would want a backup of a backup that you could put somewhere else as well. And so there's a lot of pictures out there that that you might have that you wouldn't want to lose. I mean, if it was just on one laptop and you lost that laptop, I mean, think about how that would just devastate you if there was a lot of pictures there, especially pictures that you couldn't replace, you know, in any way. So make sure that you have those pictures kind of backed up. And nowadays with USB drives, they are so inexpensive and you can and you, they're just so big. I mean, you can have an easy, you know, 128 gig, 250 gig or whatever. I don't know. I, I had, I have a really big one. I have a couple of big ones and you can drop so many pictures on there and so much information on there, not even pictures, but video as well. But the other thing that I want to talk about pictures is you might want to take pictures of the items in your home. And so if you are making this, you know, emergency preparedness portfolio and you're putting insurance papers and you're doing all this kind of stuff and you're thinking, you know, hey, if there ever was damage to our home, I would want to be able to show the insurance company what we had. And so you can go around, take pictures of your rooms, right? So you can do a little, you know, every 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 wall, you can take a picture of every wall. But then you can take pictures of certain things that are maybe more high dollar, you know, like your computers or your televisions or maybe even your firearms. And you can make sure that you get the picture of serial numbers and model numbers from the back. And you can add that into your, you know, into your digital files. And that would be really smart because a lot of the times you can take a picture and the insurance company will say, all right, well, we don't really know what kind of you know, television that is, that could be a very low end. And it really, it could have been a very high end television. But if you have the model number, they can always look that up. So that's a smart thing to do as well if you're taking pictures. So not only all the pictures that you've taken care, taken of your family, but also pictures of high dollar items that you are able to get serial numbers and model numbers of so that you can be able to say, Hey, you know, this is mine, or this is what we had. And you'll be, you'll be able to point back to that item. And there is a record of it somewhere. Another thing that you might want to do, if you are doing pictures and you are doing digital, uh, digital copies, you might want to do video. And nowadays with our phones, you could take it with your phone. You can have a a video recorder with, you know, flash drives and, you know, micro SD cards and all that kind of stuff. And you could go around and you could be a little bit more specific. I mean, a picture is one thing, but with a video camera, you could take something, you can move it around in your hand and you can manipulate it and you can let people know that it's working and, and all those different kinds of things. So again, you would want to, if you were taking some video of your firearms and you had that out there, you would want to get a close-up of your serial numbers, right? So they would know that, you know, hey, this is the serial number and I have this available. It's not just a replica gun or anything like that. This is legit. And so that's one of those things that the insurance company is going to ask you. And so the more information that you have that you're able to provide to them, the, the easier it is going to be for them to give you everything that you deserve, that everything the insurance company is supposed to give you. Because if they can pull back, and I'm sure some of y'all have had this experience, if they can not give you money, they're not going to give you money. But if you have proof, then that that's adds so much more to your stake in the insurance claim. 
So if you can do some video, that would be smart to do as well. And then the last thing that I want to add here is if you are prepping and you are the, the prepper in your household and maybe your spouse is not completely on board, this would be one of those activities that could get your wife or your, uh, your husband on board and it doesn't have to go into that crazy bug out bag, EMP is coming, you know, zombies are coming or anything else like that. And you don't even have to bring up preparedness or, or being a prepper or anything else, you know, something like that. You could just say, hey, I read an article about a family who lost everything and they were able to, uh, they were able to get everything they needed from the insurance company because they had these things put in place. Or I listened to a podcast and they talked about, you know, these things that we should have in place, you know, will you help me gather these things? So if there's ever in an emergency situation or God forbid anything happens to you or happens to me, that we have all this information all in one place, right? So that is one of those things that you can use to, to help a, a partner come on board into preparedness and start thinking that way. Because if you start thinking that way, you could always pull out, look at what happened down in Houston and in, in Harvey or actually the Gulf Coast. I always say Houston, but it happened all along the Gulf Coast. You know, people lost everything. And, you know, we don't want to go stand in line in a government building for hours to replace what we need. We can have it all in a binder if we just take a little bit of time and put forth this effort and, and get it done. So I think it's one of those things. We're always looking for ways to involve our family members who are not preppers into preparedness. And this is one of those things. Again, it's boring. It's not very sexy. But if you ever needed it, it would have it would pay off big, big dividends. And you'll be so glad that you did it. And, you know, the way how crazy things are now and how crazy life is, nobody in Houston would have ever thought that we would have had a flood like Hurricane Harvey. There's just there's no way. I mean, they're talking about that's like a thousand year flood. No one would have ever suspected that they would be in that situation and so if you are prepared before that kind of situation happens, how much better would it be for you and your family? How much stress would it take off that when you're right in the middle of that disaster, whatever that disaster might be, that there there's some things that you don't have to worry about, you don't have to deal with because you have already put forth a little bit of effort into getting this, these things done. All right, guys, so that is my commentary, my little add-on there to Chip's article creating an estate preparedness portfolio. Hey, like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can go check it out, click on some of those links and maybe go check out his uh, his preparedness forms and uh, the, the forms that he has available there so that you can go, you know, and maybe make it easy on you where you don't have to create any of these things on your own, that you have checklists that you can start checking off and, and, and different things like that. So go check out his estate preparedness forms over on his website. Again, that's cribsteward.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes to make it really, really easy for you. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 614. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast episode. I greatly appreciate all the listeners out there. Hey, if you are listening to this show and you are not subscribed, make sure you subscribe in whatever podcast catcher you are listening to this episode on. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And I'd love if you would take a moment to connect with me. 
Now, I have a link in the show notes that will get you over to the Prepper website email list so that you can subscribe to that. I have social media and I have all of that stuff, but the email list, that's really where I communicate with people. The social media, and I got stuff to actually, I actually have stuff to tell you about that. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking about that here in, in the near future. Things that have happened to me just recently on social media and how Facebook and Instagram are, are treating Prepper website again. But anyway, if you subscribe to the email list, I'm going to send you a free PDF. It's called the 25 Handpicked Preparedness Articles That You Should Read. I went through all the archives on Prepper website. I found 25 great articles. And some of these articles you can't even find on the internet anymore. But I, I, I'm able to link to them and I, I know how to get to them. And so I have those prepared for you. So I'd love for you to be part of the email list. And uh, again, I don't spam you. I don't do that kind of stuff. I usually send out an email on Tuesday and on Saturday with the Saturday prep. And so with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.